Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, we took a little hiatus, but we're back just in time for Oscar season. And joining me, as always, is Jen. Jen, you want to say hello to everyone? Tell everyone how excited you are for Oscar hello, season. Hello, everybody. This is my Super Bowl. This I'm so oh, excited. This, we just had, we just had my Super Bowl. And now we're moving on to your well, your Super Bowl is literally the Super Bowl, yeah. Who did you watch it with? Um, oh my gosh, I was going to tell you. So I watched it with our pals, um, uh, Pastor Hosang, the pastors. Um, oh, that's so, right. You were in California. Wa- yeah. So while you were have like, I'm sure losing your mind, screaming at the top of your lungs, I got streaming commentary on the technicalities of the sport. <laughs> It's very, very quiet. Yeah. I was like, I'm into this so much. We quietly ate our chips and dip and wings while watching a game really, really quietly. And then um, my favorite thing that he has said to me, and for those of you who don't know, because you don't know all of our friends, um, David Hosang is the most loveliest person. He's also, like, older. um, And he basically was just like, let's face it, you're you're just excited for Riri. And I was like, how do you know Rihanna's nickname? Did he use the did did he said he said Riri? He said Riri. You know, Um, he is like a fascinating man to watch sports with. Well, such a fascinating man to begin with, just in general. I don't think he's that that fascinating. Okay, well, that's great. Um, But I just was like, I think you're so fun. (laughs) Yeah, so I've gone to like the U.S. Open with him. And I've watched... Uh, basketball and like other others no I've watched yeah basketball with him I've watched football because you know when he stayed over I think he was over our place for like a week and mm-hmm. you know my wife and I we watch sports like every day yeah. we like pay for the add-ons so I, I'll pay for like NBA league pass I'm very excited for NFL Sunday ticket to come to YouTube TV can't wait to pay for that um and watching sports with him is really interesting because he's super into it but you could not tell from his demeanor but he was he would like always watch when i watched like every time he's yeah he's so fun that way yeah, yeah. um i and i think he found my Screaming. he would like <laughs> he would like tease me because i was like so into it and like you know i'm like uh i'm like really emotional and i'm yes. really enthusiastic and i and he he would just like tease me about it and i'm like can you i'm gonna kick you out of my house <laughs> if you keep Wait, what's his teasing like? What does he? What was he saying? So like, I was really invested. He's like the most gentle, quietest person, by the way. Yeah. Again, everybody's like, "Who the heck are you guys talking about?" I'm just like I, and we'll talk about this as we talk about the Academy Awards. But I was just like really invested in certain outcomes, and when things that I didn't want to happen were about to happen. He would be like, oh, he's like, are you nervous, Steve? And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Get out of my house. Yeah. Um, but no, he's, um, he's awesome to, to actually watch watch sports with. But that's really funny that uh, that's that's a perfect segue, because, you know, speaking of uh, outcomes that we're really invested in, you know, we started this tradition last year and you called it with Coda. Um, we're going to continue the tradition this year where we'll go through some of our favorite categories. I think uh, the big headliners and then uh, we'll go through them. We'll list the nominees. We're going to go straight into who our maestro 
Jen thinks is going to win, and then we're going to go straight into the odds. Gosh, we should have bet money last year, or I should have. Did you bet money? No, I, I I got nervous when the when Coda's odds like plummeted, and it, normally that means bad things, but in this case it means like oh it's gaining steam and it's probably gonna win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at that point it was like too late to jump on that train. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we are about three weeks out from three and a half weeks out, two and a <sighs> half weeks out. Um, and I think now's the time to to jump on some things. For some things, it's too late. For other things, we're jumping in at just the right time. So, um, well, can I that, just say yeah, that this is going to be so good? We're literally this is one of the most competitive Oscar races in quite some time for multiple categories, and so that's really, really, really exciting. Um, but it also is making me a little bit stressed, and I don't know why because uh, I haven't be even stressed. bet any money yet. You know, don't be stressed. We're gonna be fine. Okay, first. Uh, Let's go with the with the first category. Well, so oh, yeah. we're going to do a couple of categories. We're saving the best for last, but that's also where the com- competitiveness, I think, will come in. So agreed. Just, you know, I think some of the categories we're going to cover, maybe not as exciting, but still, nonetheless, important, important yeah. to the movies that we're talking about. 100%. Um, so take it away, Steve. Yeah. All right. Well, Jen, I'll take it. Away. I don't know. Yeah. Jen, could you tell us? Who are the nominees for Best Original Screenplay, and who do you think is going to win? Okay, so Best Original Screenplay. Um, oh, my gosh, I had it. Okay, here we go. So it's The Banshees of Inishurin, mm-hmm. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Who's winning I think, I think this is pretty, this is pr- pretty set. It's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, if we're talking about originality, that is probably the most original. Um, and if I had to pick a second favorite, and I know you're not gonna, you're not asking for that. And by favorite, I mean like the second odd. Yeah, I, I actually think Tar has a really good chance here. Oh my god! Um, oh my god! What? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, no. Okay, so this, this there we go. I'm gonna stop talking. So everything, okay. everywhere, all at once, probably gonna win. Um, tell me the, tell me the. The betting odds. Okay, the the uh, the odds on favorite and slight favorites is actually Banshees, so, right? So you'd have for to, original screenplay. For original screenplay, so you'd have to bet a hundred. It's minus one sixty five, which means you'd have to bet one hundred sixty five dollars just to win a hundred dollars back. Okay. Everything, uh, everywhere is second at plus one ten, which means you bet a hundred, you get a hundred ten back. So you make a little more than your than your money back if you bet on it. I now, mind you, yeah. we're talking about this right now, and the odds change up to sure. like. Like what an hour before? What? How? How yeah, late? I would we... say so. You know, you could. Yeah, I would say. You know, the day of, you can definitely make some wagers. But uh, if you think Tar ha- has a remote chance, I mean, Tar is plus eighteen hundred, which means if you bet a hundred bucks, that's eighteen hundred bucks. You bet fifty bucks, that's nine hundred. You bet ten dollars, you're making a hundred and eighty bucks. Do you actually think Tar? No, a... I don't. Okay. I okay. Don't. Okay. I don't. So I don't recommend this. But if you wanted to play with those odds and you had like a lot of extra cash lying around, then yeah, go for Tar. Because yeah, inflation think... hasn't hit you yet. Then... Yes. Then sure. tell us your secrets, but also vote on yeah. like so you, <laughs> put money you down. You think everything everywhere definitely is. Yes. So you didn't even have Banshees as one of the top two. Um. No, realistically, like you speaking, don't think you don't think Banshee like this is the no, one. No, realistically win speaking, the other ones? yes. It, no, realistically speaking, it's it's probably somewhere between everything, everywhere, and the Banshees of Inisherin. Mm-hmm. I just think that 
I don't know how well Tar is going to do in other categories. So I I just think that would be an interesting place to put your money. Got it. Okay, okay. You know what? Um, and, sorry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I should probably change. Like, it's probably, Tar probably comes in third in this equation here. Um, but, again, if you wanted to, you know, um, play, if you want to make this exciting for yourself, then I would put money on Tar. But it probably will be the Banshees if it's not everything. If it's not everything. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So that's something to... To keep to, in mind. To keep in mind because and again, I, you're, I am you're not, making plus money on this. I'm not endorsing things. I, I just wanted to say, like, my opinion it does not mean that, like, you should put money on things and then yell at me if you no, lose people money. Are, I, I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, um, great. Okay. So we'll keep our eye on everything everywhere for original screenplay plus 110. It seems like Banshees at minus 165 isn't actually the smart play. Mm. at all so uh let's move on to adapted screenplay can you give us the nominees and who you think is going to win for adapted screenplay sure so this is i probably should have the the screenplay writers but i don't have that in front of me so i'm just going to go with the movie yeah, yeah um so all quiet on the western front glass onion a knives out mystery living top gun maverick and women talking i'm supremely conflicted about this one i am not a thousand percent sure right now i would go with all quiet on the western front um i don't know when when you and i if if we're seriously talking about putting some money down like i don't know when you want to do that um and so i just i need to revisit this like before we do that but if i had to um you know okay I would think it's all quiet on the Western Front. Okay. But, but, given that, have you heard of the movie Women Talking? I have not until I saw this category. Okay. Women Talking is um, written and directed by an uh, actress-director named Sarah Polly. Um, and she's basically, if we're going to talk about, like, Oscar so white or Oscar, or so male or whatever like a lot of people felt like she should have been nominated for best director or at least there should have been a woman director um woman king like you know like there's other movies that were directed i can't believe woman king got like well we can we can we can talk about we can talk about a lot of things um that's sort of adjacent to woman king um when we talk a little bit later in the best actress category but like um if the Oscars, if the Academy wants to, you know, recognize women, recognize a woman, um, Sarah Polly basically is carrying the torch in the best picture category because she's mm. like women talking is nominated in the best picture category and literally the only movie that's been helmed by a woman. Mm. I feel like women talking has a really good chance here. If we're going to put money down right now, though, I'll, uh, I mean, I would just do all quiet on the Western front, but. We got, you got to know the odds first. You got to know the but odds. But I'm assuming that that is the odds on favor right it's now. Not, but tell me. Okay, tell me what is. Women talking. Interesting. So, I mean, this is like, I mean, it's pretty expensive too. Like, it's minus 200. So you'd have Steve, to. Steve, I think we should put money down on women talking. So, okay. So then you'd have to. So it's pretty expensive though. So you'd have to pay $200 just to win $100 back. That's how like See, the sure thing is, like, I don't know that it's gonna win though. Oh. The so the only two who have it seems like realistic odds is 
women talking at minus 200 are all quiet on the Western front at plus 150, which means if you put $100 down, you make you get 150 back. So it's 250. You put 100 down, you and you get 250 total. You know. What's my glass onion looking like? It's not gonna win, but glass I'm onion four, plus 1400. So if you put $100 down, the payout is $1500. Oof. Okay. But it's not, that's not gonna win. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a two win. horse race. Okay. And so we don't put any money down on this category. You think, think you think, okay, you don't think it's because no. if, uh, if, if the odds were flipped, if women talking were plus 150 and I all would put quiet, money down on women talking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm just going to write this down for us. So <laughs> we're gonna, women talking. So we're going to wait and hopefully, yeah. you know, all quiet, uh, gain some steam. If the odds, you know, come up a little bit for women talking maybe we'll revisit that sound good yes all right okay. let us keep talking until the bitter end <laughs> all right uh we're gonna move on to uh supporting performers right so uh can you give us the nominees and who you think is going to win for best supporting actor so the nominees are brendan gleason for the banshees of Inisherin, brian tyree henry for causeway judd hirsch for the fablemans that barry keegan for the banshees of Inisherin, and kiwi kwan for everything everywhere all at once i am pretty this was sure a wrap yeah i think the both of the supportings right now i think is just wrapped up and um i think it's just gonna be kiwi kwan so i don't think we need to talk about yeah. it more and if he doesn't win i will legitimately be upset and mad so it doesn't, i mean this i is, will throw something this is um, the most expensive odds i mean you'd have to bet two thousand dollars just to make a hundred bucks back yeah so i mean why would you do that right i guess yeah. is the second person brandon gleason uh i mean second ish it's like uh Barry Keegan is plus 700, and then Brendan Gleeson is plus 900. So. Okay, they're going to cancel each other out because they're from the okay. same movie. Um, I actually watched uh, – thank you for your Apple, uh, you know, uh, sharing the love. Mm -hmm. um, I watched Causeway last week. I thought it was really good, and I think Brian I love Henry, Brian Henry is so I, good. Yeah, he's one of my he's favorite so actors. so good. Too. So good, yes. Um, just the runaway, like my favorite cast member that to come out of Atlanta. Um, Whoa! Why? He's oh, Lakeith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think Brian Terry Henry. Lakeith is too out there and wild for me. Um, I think he makes really interesting choices. That's fine, but like, I don't know. I just really like Brian Terry Henry. But yeah, okay, we can move on because um, yeah. I think it's we can't just... we can't bet on that. That's it's too expensive. To be honest, I think the actress is a little bit more competitive, even though it's also pretty much wrapped up. But I think there's room here. Okay. Um, so I can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, so, let's dive right into it. Best Supporting Actress. So for Best Supporting Actress, we have Angela Bassett in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow in The Whale, Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Anna Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu, Everything Everywhere All at Once. As much as I love, I'd love Jamie Lee Curtis, or actually flip it, as much as I would love Stephanie Hsu to win, I, I think they're going to cancel each other out. But also, like, the person's kind of been in the forefront is Angela Bassett, and I'm yep. pretty sure the odds agree with me, and um, there's not really much to say here either. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, though, is her, 
while her odds are expensive, they're not as expensive as you'd think. They're she's mm-hmm. only she's minus three thirty. I mean that's that's expensive. If you bet three hundred thirty dollars, your return would be four four hundred thirty total. You're only making a hundred bucks. Yeah. But considering that if she's a lock, I mean that is something to look into. Okay, so the odds don't like either performers from everything everywhere. Which is crazy to me because if it's not Angela Bassett, then it's Jamie Lee Curtis to me. Really? So yeah. interesting. Okay, so check check this out. The odds, you know, minus two thirty for Angela Bassett in second place, or the second most likely, uh, is Carrie from Banshees at plus two hundred. I mean, you're, so, you're so here's the thing. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is plus sixteen hundred, Jen. Yes, but I still think she has a better chance. So here's the thing. Uh, the BAFTAs, which is the um, British version yeah. of the Academy Awards, was this weekend, and literally every single um, winner from for like every single winner at the BAFTAs was white. And like I was actually supremely disappointed in some of the winners of that night. And but then I looked at like every single person who won was like white, which is like fundamentally like probably a problem. Um, and so Carrie Condon won this past Sunday. And I mean that anytime you win something leading up to this, like it does, it does push your odds up a little bit. Right. I don't think it means as much as people might think. I don't know that people think anything of it. I don't think it means much at all in this case. Um, and going into it with the buzz of the movie itself, like I, I, it has to be Jamie Lee Curtis if it's not, if it's not, um, Angela Bassett, but I just, I think it's Angela Bassett, you know? Right. Um, but I, I say this and I think though, like, I can't count out, I can't count out Carrie Condon because there are other, like, as I've been looking at some of the predictions and stuff, like she's kind of creeping up there and I'm literally like, I wonder if she's creeping up there. Like, she's just one of those things, like, you just kind of haven't thought about as much because everybody's been talking about Angela Bassett. And then, like, she's going to come in and, like, like, you know, take this. So I, the, can you just mark this as, like, let's revisit this um, when we revisit okay. when we revisit the screenplay? But I don't know. I think Angela Bassett has this locked down. I think so, too. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I bet you yeah. if you counted the ballots – Jamie Lee Curtis would be a lot closer than the odds. But you and I also need to have this conversation after the SAG Awards, which I think is this weekend. Okay. Okay. Because that will really determine some acting things or solidify some of the acting things. And if Angela Bassett doesn't win a SAG Award, like I think we need to have, we need to revisit this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I guess the problem is like if, if Jamie Lee Curtis wins at the SAG Awards, then it's like her odds will plummet too, you know? So it's like, you want to get ahead of it. You know, before, yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. Did the, I say if Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't win at the side? I meant Angela Bassett. Did no, I you said that? you said Angela Bassett. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I'm okay. saying if if Jamie Lee Curtis wins, though, yeah. Like we need, if we think that there's a chance Jamie Lee Curtis wins at the SAG Awards, we should actually jump on her odds before then, before this weekend. Got it. Okay. Okay. I, I, I still think it's Angela Bassett. I think so too. I think. Okay. So. I think she's gonna win at the SAG Awards, and I think she's gonna win at the Oscars. Yes. Um, All okay. right. So we're gonna just flip the script a little bit, and little instead bit. of doing actors we're gonna go with director right now right yep 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 uh so can you give everyone the nominees for best director yes for best director it's martin mcdonough the banshees of inna sharon 
Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, also known as the Daniels, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. Um, so I, what I suggested to you that we do is to put money down on Steven Spielberg. Yes. But I think... I think the Daniels no. are gonna win. <laughs> no, no, Jen, no. I thought we were because, gonna. I thought yeah, we were no, gonna do no, this. we, no, we, we should put money down on Steven Spielberg. And the only reason why I say this is because actually the Daniels over the past weekend also won the Directors Guild Award, which is the um, the guild uh, of directors um, that voted on this. Um, and so it does line up. I forget what the historic odds are, but like you know, like you know that they do like oh, out of the thirty. DGA awards so far, yeah. like 29 out of whatever. So there's still a chance. The reason why I think that Spielberg is going to win is because, well, one, it's Spielberg, right? And like, despite like, when you think of directors, like he's like in the top like three that you think of, um, he actually hasn't won or been nominated for a really long time. Um, I'm trying to think. Let me see the last time. You you go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check when the last time. Yes. Was. And and the other thing is, um, you know, I think that what's going to happen is the the voting is gonna split for best picture and like the Fablemans is not gonna win best picture, so don't even bother Agreed. putting money on that. And so for that to not happen, I think then people are gonna give Spielberg the nostalgic award. Um and it is nostalgia, right? Like the Fablemans essentially is his life story. Um, and so there's so much tied to it. And so I think that like, just based on like the nostalgia, the history, the context, like I do think that he has such a big odds to win. However, um, he would be like the first director since like 1980 to win a, without his film being nominated and like, editing and cinematography which go in hand in hand with best picture so like mm-hmm. the fablemans weren't nominated for either of those um which also i really feel like the fablemans is just not it like it's just not going to be a good night for the fablemans and so i i mean i i think that you don't you don't let steven spielberg go home and end it and like you know there's only a limited number of years that you give this man this award. While like, I think someone like the Daniels, like now they're on the, like they're now like being revered as the next big things. Like there's more opportunities there. So, I mean, am I, am I agreeing with this like, like line of logic that I'm presenting to you? No, I don't think it should be about history context or anything like that. It should be about the actual movie that it's being up for. But but I, but you know, obviously that's not the way it works. So I actually think, even though in my heart I would like to see the Daniels win, and I think there's a huge chance that they would, um, I think we should put money down on this one. I think we should put money down on Spielberg. This is the one I'm most excited about because I remember checking the odds like way back when, uh, and I think I did it like on 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 the pod. But uh, at the time, Spielberg was the favorite. He was minus something. I forget what. And the Daniels were in second place in terms of the odds. Now it's like it not only has a flip chin, um, the Dan it, the Daniels are just too expensive to bet on. They're minus twelve hundred. They they the odds make it seem like so we can't even bet on them up. anyway. No, but that but the nice thing is that means Spielberg is is has very nice odds. Spielberg 
is at plus 600. So if we put 100 bucks down, we'd get 700 back. Mm-hmm. We'd make 600. Um, and I think, I like, I get why, you know, everything everywhere, the momentum is, is they're like a freight train. This movie's like a freight train right now. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, this is Spielberg, and this is in semi-autobiographical. And to your point, he has, Feldman's isn't nominated for anything else, to my knowledge. Um, and so I think if they're going to take something home, it's got to be this one. And I think it's worth taking a flyer. Because I, I honestly don't think the Daniels have it locked up. I get, I get, I get it, right? They just won the Director's Guild Awards, and this movie has so much momentum right now. But I, there, I, I personally think that there's a point where if you if the momentum comes like too soon uh or too early there's like a a twinge of backlash sometimes yeah i mean we have a really recent example yeah like um uh of just like the split happening so like uh you know our favorite my favorite oscar year was parasite year and like that year sam mendes won the dga for 1917 but lost to Bong Joon-ho at the Oscars. So, like, it can definitely happen. And if that were to happen, like, it it could really happen here where you're contending with a lot of, like, old-school people who love Spielberg, right? So, like, I think the odds are higher, actually, of that happening than it was I like, agree. at the 2020 Oscars. So yeah, I say we should... Let's, let's, let's do it. Money into, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. I think that's and the first one I'm, like, really excited. I'll cry of sadness of losing my money, but I'll cry of happiness of if the Daniels do win. <laughs> that's the best... Um, but, you're yeah. hedging either way, right? Is, but it, I, is it, though? <laughs> no, I, I honestly think, like, the hype train for for everything everywhere i'm not saying it's like unwarranted yeah but my thing is like to be like it's obviously gonna win all these things it's like i i just think sometimes it's too early like the, yeah. the parasite yeah. buzz like i think the, the two most notable ones right yeah it was for me it's like when it comes to coming in at the having like the perfect timing of of buzz was parasite and moonlight mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it did not start too early it did not start too late it came in at just the right time where by the time the Oscars came around, you're like, you know, this has a chance. It, I, you know, I actually feel good about it. Like the thing that kind of like pushed me off of everything everywhere, like even back in January, when you and I first talked about the odds, I was like, man, this is still three months away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't like that. There's so much buzz going into this. Through. And so like, I think there's a chance and who knows, maybe we're wrong. And on March 12th, we're like, Oh, Daniel's going up. The Daniels are going up for their for their Oscar. Um, it makes fools of us all. But I think there's a chance where it's like, you know, maybe they peak too soon. So I yeah, actually yeah. think Spielberg and the Fablemans, especially considering just a month ago, the odds were like minus. Yeah. For the favorite. I, he was the favorite. I think I think let's do it. This is the first one I feel really good about. And I think we should jump on it like now before okay. the odds shift. OK, OK. Um, so yeah, let's now go into uh, lead performers. So can you give us the nominees for best actor? Yes. So best actor in a leading role, Austin Butler, Elvis, Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inishurin, Brandon Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun, and Bill Nighy, Living. <laughs> this is so much more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Why is it so, can you, okay, so I before I, I let you continue, I'm going to interject real quick, which is for me, right? I'm like, obviously, Brendan Fraser, but he has not been able to pull away f- from the field. Why is that? 
because you have Colin Farrell and now you have Austin Butler. So now it's a three-way. Like it's it used to be a two-way race. It used to just be, I think, I personally think it was just a two-way race for a long time, which is there's something about Elvis that is obviously it's a serious performance, it's a serious movie, I think. Um but it's still like mocked in a way that I think like these like biopics often tend to get mocked. And like we can talk it's, and it suffers from like, we can talk about um, Rami Malek winning for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Um, What what the hell was that movie called? I forget Um, that people to this day, I do not ever want to win an Oscar. (laughs) And like, that's great. Your Oscar winner, Rami Malek, but you know what follows with that? Like, Oh, God, I can't believe he won the Oscar that year. Like, yeah. that's the that's the sentiment that follows that win. And, like, I, I do think it happens a lot more with biopics because, like, biopics, it's a really – even if you're nominated for an Oscar and people, like, undoubtedly think you're great, like, there's a fine line between it being a parody, you know? And, like, you know, Austin Butler has not really, I feel like, uh, helped his cause because – he like still has the accent accent. yeah and like he like kind of won't drop it he like kind of talks about it but not really i also kind of hated him a little bit because like uh to his like credit he's sort of changed his tone but for a long time he wouldn't credit his ex-girlfriend vanessa hutchins for making him do this like there's a famous story where like she literally they were like in the car driving when they were dating and like he had just dyed his hair black and like they like El- an Elvis song came on or whatever and she like looked at him and she was just like babe you should play Elvis like you look and sound exactly like him and um that sort of like led to all of this happening and like when he has talked about it he'll be like oh my friend once told me and like he like, has really downplayed the fact that it was her and like obviously like out of respect to like they're no longer dating he's dating someone new she's like engaged to somebody else now like whatever but at the same time people were just like dude like it's pretty like it's an open story like and everyone knows who you're talking about so instead of saying like my friend you could have like you can literally say Vanessa or like someone I used to date like whatever like don't be that way and so like I think like he also just hasn't um I think this is one of those things where like if he wins like that's gonna follow him around that's the Vanessa Hudgens thing but like it's gonna he's gonna go down this like Rami Malek path I think um where like people kind of can't take this performance like that seriously um but with that said he just won the BAFTAs um and Colin Farrell was heavily heavily favored to win the BAFTAs because it's it's his home ground that's his home turf yeah so with all that said I actually think it's going to be Brendan Fraser now um and I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago what would you have said two weeks ago? Colin Farrell. Okay, here are the odds. Ready? Yeah. It's like the top two are neck and neck. Brendan Fraser is minus 120. Austin Butler is plus 100. It's literally indiscernible. I mean, Brendan Fraser is like a little more expensive. Wait, so that's top two? Those are top two, yeah. And then Colin Farrell's top uh, is in the third? It's third at plus 550. So you bet 100 bucks, you get 650 back. You make 550. Mm. Um. I've seen Colin Farrell's odds just Drop? go wild, just go wild, up and down. It's like a roller coaster for Best Actor, and I can't seem to get a handle on this. I, to me, I'm still like, I mean, the odds don't seem to suggest this, but like, I think this is Brendan Fraser's to lose. I think this is this is his his Oscar to lose. I but, don't know. I think it's Colin Farrell's to lose at this point. Oh my gosh! But then, so then that means 
I mean, at plus five fifty, I mean, they're essentially the same odds as Spielberg. Yeah. I, would you? Would do you? Th- so, do you think Colin Farrell, like, actually has just as much of a chance to win this as Frazier and Butler? Yeah. Because if do. that's the case, if that's the case, the responsible thing is actually to, to bet on him because the odds suggest he is five times more like five times. You know what? I think we should bet on Spielberg, and I think we should bet on Colin Farrell. <laughs> okay, all right, hold on, let me write this. And down. we need to do it before the SAG Awards, right? Yeah, yeah, especially for uh... for Farrell. Yeah, especially for Farrell and Jamie Lee Curtis, if you want to entertain that. Okay, Colin Farrell, here we go. Because he, like you're saying, he's not five times less likely to win than the other two guys. He's neck and neck with those guys, right? Yeah, so see, the SAG Awards is going to determine a lot of things because Brendan yeah. Fraser has the Critics' Choice Award. Austin Butler and Farrell split the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes like just divided these movies into like drama and comedy. Right, right. Um, and you know what? If Farrell had won the BAFTA, then I would have been like, 100% it's Farrell. Like, we don't need to put money on this. And like, I think his odds would be different. So I do, I am so interested to see like what's going to happen at the SAG Awards. And like, See, so I just don't think Austin Butler is going to pull away from this from the two because he's not there yet in terms of like being this like much respected. Like Farrell and Fraser. And people make fr- fun of him, openly make fun of him. And you know what? That means something. People have made fun of Brendan Fraser. People have made fun of Colin Farrell. Like they've all it's both different. they've different. both been at different points of their lives, like just at career lows and stuff. But like, but yeah, like Austin Butler. I, I mean, if I was a you know, if I had like a ton of money to throw away here, like sure, let's let's have fun and like maybe maybe put some money down on Austin Butler, but no, like no, but you no, know, like you know why, Jen, I don't have a ton of money on, and I do not want to do that. On March twelfth, like I I don't mind. I think it'd be fun rooting for Frazier. I think it'd be fun rooting for Farrell. I would not have fun <laughs> being like Jen. I really need Austin Butler to win this. Like yeah, I just yeah. that would not be a good time. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's part of the calculus. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched the Banshees of Inisherin? Uh, no, not yet. There's I, something that like I don't want. I don't really want to watch. I don't really want to watch the Whale either. But like the Banshees, I think at this point is more accessible because it's on HBO Max. I don't actually. I think you have to rent the Whale if you want to watch it. But there's something about it that I like kind of don't want to watch. But then now I'm just like maybe I need to watch this. Like what are you doing? Like being so opinionated about all these things and you like are straight up like I'm not gonna watch this. So not that me watching it's gonna like change votes, change yeah. my mind because I'm going off of what a lot of things are like. You know, I'm not going off of like what I think should win. I'm just going off of like what I think will win. So um, okay, I think we should put money down. Okay. I love it. Okay. Uh, All right. Now we're going to go to uh, yeah. Best Actress. Yes. This is the is one I, so I can't wait to I can't wait to talk about this. We, we are going to dissect this? Okay. Uh, best Actress in a Leading Role, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah! <laughs> okay. Who's winning this? Michelle Yeoh is gonna win this. You're like, you're like, sure, sure, because I think no, I'm not sure. is gonna win this. So and we are gonna, yeah, I'm not th- betting. I on think this. this is the only one. I think this is the only one. I was like, we're probably gonna disagree on this. Yeah. Um, 
because I, I but we are disagreeing to a point where like if I really thought you were like I, I could be like ew like why would you think that but like you have just as good of a chance yeah like, like, I as I do yeah I don't yeah and I don't like, to your point like I don't think that about about who you think is doing you know what it is to me I just think like I get that she had like she's had weird speeches up until now and, and by she I mean Kate Blanchett but I mean I, she just won the BAFTA so yeah she won the but yeah, that's also kind of like her home turf but um when I think about it I hear so much about Tar to the point where I'm like I need to watch this movie it's on I, Peacock I don't I don't have Peacock that's okay. Okay. so like everyone talks about it, it like for whatever reason, I think at this point I I've heard more people talk about Tar and watching Tar and how it was their favorite movie of the year than I have anything else. And everything seems to indicate that what makes this awesome is not Todd Field, right? It's not it's her. It's her performance. It's, it's just Kate yeah. Blanchett. I've had I've I've heard people say like this is like so uh satisfying and when i read about it i'm like this really like this movie and i i just there seems to be this is the problem with like oscar season is that like it's sometimes it can start like so early that there was all this people all these people talking about Kate blanchett and tart right and you know then the the pendulum swung the other way where you know again we talk about how uh everything everywhere really gained momentum especially for michelle yo and i feel like she specifically her performance is what is driving all this momentum and it's carrying with it all the other accolades for for everything everywhere but it it, it was like it was so early that it almost feels to me what I'm predicting is that the pendulum swings back the other way again. Like that's how long this has been going on. That's how long this has been like a two horse race mm. between Kate and Michelle. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I don't feel super great when I say, I think Kate's going to win. I'm just like, the way I see it is when, by the time people vote, it's like, you know, that was a while ago, <laughs> you know, um, like her, was it at the, where, where was it where she had that like weird uh, acceptance speech? I feel like all her acceptance speeches aren't great, but uh, I don't remember. What, which one are you talking about? Like, recently? Yeah, yeah. Or I, I forget, what... but then she, like, can, we can't talk about the Best Actress category without talking about the weirdness that has happened with one of the nominees. But um, um, I forget, but she, you know, uh, like, I think she's one of the greatest actress, actors of all time. Oh, like, there's no sure. doubt about it. That's, like. That's... And she's already won twice. Um, she's been like nominated like eight times, something what? crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. She was nominated for Elizabeth. Eight times. Right. Oh my god. She gosh. was nominated for Notes on a Scandal. Nominated for Elizabeth. Nominated for I'm Not There. Nominated for Carol. Nominated for Tar. And she's won two. Um, she won for The Aviator and Blue Jasmine. So that's eight in total. Um, I know I just went off on this like soapbox about like, can we just talk about the performance and the movies as they are and not talk about like all sure, of the sure. other contexts and stuff like that. But like, I feel really passionately about this category specifically because of, um, because of a 
because Michelle Yeoh would like if she were to win like I mean she'd be the first woman identifying as an Asian to win lead actress um and it's only the second nominated ever um but then also for a woman over a certain age like I think only like the 11th she would be the 11th person to win over 60 like um and so you know like there's a statistic like 68 of the 94 previous best actress winners have been under 40 um with 32 being in their 20s so like there's like an age like age thing but like i don't care so much about that i just want i i think it would just be so fantastical and magical if michelle yo after her long long career of like hustling right and like hustling in both uh stratospheres uh, both in hollywood and like overseas where she is just like the greatest action star ever right like it's just an outstanding career and i think i think she just i think the historical significance that her win would bring for like representation would just be so lovely and wild to see like the 2020 oscars um and so i you know I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Like, I actually, there's a very, very, very good chance that Kate Blanchett is going to win. When I say Michelle Yeoh is going to win, I do actually think, like, maybe by, like, a percentage point, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's higher. But it's neck and neck at this point. And I don't think we should bet money on this because I don't Well, well Yeah, what are the me, odds? Let me, let me tell you something, right? So, two-horse race when it comes to the odds. Kate Blanchett is the overwhelming favorite, and I think mm. that has to do with the BAFTAs, right? Okay, well then, what 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 can we put down, though? Right. So here here's here's how the odds break down. Kate Blanchett is minus two eighty, which means you bet two hundred eighty dollars, you get three eighty back. You make a hundred. Michelle Yeoh is plus one seventy five. You bet a hundred, you make two seventy five. Is that worth it? I mean, you know, you're you would be tripling your money almost. You know, if you put a hundred bucks down, if you put a hundred bucks down, you get back two seventy-five. You've made one hundred seventy-five dollars. Wait, how much money am I betting on all of this? No, I'm just, I'm just using the, the, it's actually not the lowest common denominator, but the easiest. Yeah, yeah. Way to, to kind of explain it. I, you know, we wouldn't. I mean, I don't know how much we can do each one. We can take that offline, but, um, you know, I think if you think if you think this is a coin flip. And if you think Michelle Yeoh actually has a chance at the SAG Awards, now might be the time to to get in on it. Okay, or, I do think that. Yeah, but, or, I mean, I guess, here's my thing, is like, even if Michelle Yeoh wins the SAG Awards, right, that doesn't mean Kate Blanchett has no chance. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. So then, maybe this is the one we actually do wait for the SAG Awards. Okay. You okay. know? Then we I take your lead. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. give you my money. I take the, I, you take the, I, I you, yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna move on to our last. Wait, can I talk yeah, about yeah. the craziness yeah, no. of the best sure, actress sure, category sure. and just one thing that had yeah. made me so pissed, and it also made the Academy a little bit pissed because they had an emergency meeting about it. Do you know about this? I I don't. Okay. So have you ever heard of an actress named Andrea Riseborough? Never. Before the nominations came out, neither had 90% of the world. Um, 
heavily, heavily favored to secure a nomination in this category was either were either Viola Davis for um, Women King or Danielle Deadweiler for uh, Till. I almost called it Tar. Um, who are two black actresses in very, very critically acclaimed roles in the last year. In the week of Oscar voting, so not like Oscar voting now, which is to determine the winner, but the voting to determine the nominees, Mm -hmm. a woman named Andrea Riseborough, um, in a very, very small movie that has made maybe $20,000 in the nine months it's been out, um, heavily, heavily campaigned, quote-unquote, organically, which has been found to not be necessarily true. She self-funded her Oscar campaign because Two Leslie is an independent movie. It's not backed by a big studio. It was never going to get, like, an Oscar campaign of any sort. Um, But what this woman has and what this movie has is a a director who is... um, uh, So what kicked this off, basically, the director of the movie is married to an actress who is friends with Andrea Riseborough, and she, and they have this, like, huge network of, like, friends, Um, and so in that week, people, anyone, everyone from, like, Gwyneth Paltrow to, like, even Kate Blanchett, like, name-checking, Kate Winslet, really, like, started, like, posting about this movie, and then specifically Andrea Riseborough, um, And lo and behold, on Oscar morning, instead of the fifth slot going to someone like Viola Viola Davis Davis, or Daniel Dentweiler, went to Andrea Riseborough, who up until then was like not part of the conversation or was not even talked about at all. And it like made a lot of people like, quote unquote, upset because like there is no slot for there's no there's no like given that anyone's going to be nominated there's no like you took someone's slot because like that doesn't exist right but the fact is like these two women were talked about before before um nominations were announced and so then to have them completely drop off and then like be and then this woman, this white British woman who, like, no one had ever heard of. That's not true. Like, she's a working actress and she's been in a lot of things. Um, sort of come in, like, didn't sit well with a lot of people. And it didn't sit well with the Academy, who really felt like it was, like, a violation of some sort of rules. Now, Oscar campaigning, so political, so much money goes into it. And, like, the interesting thing about this was, like, it was, quote, unquote, grassroots and organic. Is it still grassroots and organic if, like, the people who are pushing your movies out are, like, the most powerful people in Hollywood, like, the Gwyneth Paltrow's of the world? Of course, like, that's not, that's not the same as, like, people like you and me grassroots, like, getting um, getting someone, like, into this, like, slot, right? So, like, there's a lot of, like, was this ethical, was this not ethical, whatever. So, anyways, um... It is what it is. Uh, it doesn't really matter because at this point, like Andrea Riseborough shouldn't even just be like, basically, if you're not Michelle Yeoh or Kate Blanchett, you should just be thankful that you're invited to this party because like, you're not going to win. Same thing with Michelle Williams. The only thing I'll say about that here is that like, even though her role in the Fablemans, like a lot of people consider it as like a supporting role because like, she's not really carrying the movie in any way um, in terms of like, you know, the amount of time that she has. Uh, right from the get-go was like, I am not campaigning. And I don't know if it's her or if it's her team. It's probably more of her team, but 
they were very adamant that she wasn't going to be campaigning for um, supporting actress and like kind of like took the best actress role. And a lot of people do think that if she had stuck to campaigning for supporting actress, like she probably could have won the Oscar or she probably would be on a path to winning. Um, and she ended up like, you know, sticking to her guns and, and pushing for being best like being actress in a leading role um and you know we'll probably not win but so a lot of people were questioning that decision too which really then all just comes down to like it's a lot of strategizing it's a lot of campaigning it's a lot of like stuff that's like not organic and it's really not about the movie or the performances at all but that is what makes us all of this like so fun um and that's what we love talking about so you know i i'm very well aware of the fact that like a lot of the times like it's not really about the stuff that we're talking about it's about other things like other forces at hand here but um you know whatever once a year you and I get to be pundits and we love it and we take our jobs very seriously so um but yeah but the best actress role uh category I think definitely has a, had a lot of um interesting quote-unquote controversies yeah I mean that's kind of like how you get someone like Eddie Redmayne winning for like best actor or whatever you know it's Mm -hmm. just like that's just like what happens and I think that's part of the fun in this we're not talking about like a who like who was the best performance I mean ideally that wins but that's just one of like a few aspects of this you know yeah yeah Um, and so I yeah I think when it comes to 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 best actress in a leading role, um, I think we're better off waiting for after the the SAG Awards this weekend, yeah. and then yeah. and then kind of doing it based off that. Okay. Uh, so with that, let's move on to Best Picture. Can you give us? There's a lot here. Can you give us the nominees and then who you think is going to win? Yes. So the nominees, there's uh, I believe ten. Yep. Um. So it's All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Dun dun dun. What's gonna win? Everything Everywhere All at Once. I this is set, right? I feel like it's set. I I honestly would be really surprised if something else won. Like yeah. and I think the only other contender here maybe is the Fablemans. Um oh, interesting. But I don't, I don't think so. I mean, All Quiet on the Western Front, I think, has a lot of push. Like the Oscar mornings were surprised. The nomination morning was a surprise because it like racked up so many nominations. I mean, it kind of swept at the um, uh, BAFTAs this weekend. But it's still like a German film that kind of was quiet the whole season. Um, also, at the end of the day, it's a Netflix film, and I don't think Netflix has had the most luck in this category. Um, so I I still think it's going to be... Um, it's it's between three. It's Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inisher, and The Fablemans. The three, between the three films, they've all picked up several different awards throughout the season. Um, but I think that 
I think that it's going to be everything everywhere. I, I I think so too. Um, I also agree that it's a three horse race, but in the odds, it's very peculiar. Okay, so everything. Okay, every, tell me everything. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, odds on favorite minus two eighty, pretty expensive. So you know, you bet two hundred eighty dollars, you get three eighty back because you've made a hundred. Um, Banshee is is plus six hundred, so bet a hundred gets seven hundred back, wins six hundred. Uh, Fablemans is actually the fifth highest odds at plus sixteen hundred. So you bet 100, you get back 1,700 because you've made $1,600. Between Banshees and Fablemans is All Quiet plus 700 and Top Gun Maverick at plus 800. I don't think Top Gun Maverick has a realistic chance, Mm -mm. but there's like weird – there's like a weird buzz around it. Like, you know, like save the movie industry and this. And I that. mean, I, variety has it in its top three. So I just, I, it's it like, it doesn't, I'll say this. Like it doesn't have any real metrics going for it, but it's got a weird dialogue. Or, and I say weird, not in like a pejorative way, even though it's hard to use that, not negatively, but like, I love the movie, but it's got this weird energy around it that I can't quite put my finger on, like, where it's coming from and why it's happening. Um, so there, there's that. I, I think I would be shocked if it won, but a really weird part of my brain would also be, like, not surprised, if that makes sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... The thing that is, I mean, we've talked about this before, but like every single category at the Oscars is by popular vote, except for the best picture, exactly. which is referred to as the preferential ballot. So it's the one that is like the most widely liked by the electorate, right? Um, so you're basically ranking all of your, ranking the nominees from best to worst. And then, and then it's like, uh, like I've explained it, but like I always am just like, wait, how does it work again? So unless a single film appears in the number one spot by all the voters of more than like 50% of the, like, then like, uh, then just like, then you go to the number two film that has the next biggest pile of number one. Like it just, it like it's, it gets really, really confusing. And this is also why, like the best picture then can be unpredictable because you do have to have a certain percentage of people putting everything everywhere all at once, like as their number one or like yeah. even number two. Um, so, and, you know, I do agree with you. I think that there's a lot of like sentimentality around Top Gun. Um, it would really be wild. That would it would be, be the crazy. most wildest thing, I think. It would be wilder than anything that's happened in recent years if Top Gun runs away with with the best picture. I just don't think it's I just I don't I don't, think so I, don't I wouldn't put money on it either. Yeah. Okay. I, I think this is a stay away. I think this is a stay away because everything everywhere we think is going to win, but it's also like pretty expensive where if Banshees or Fablemans won, we wouldn't be shocked, but then we'd be like, I can't believe we bet so much on everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, the reason I think it'll win is because I think despite the backlash, not even the backlash, but just like the, the momentum swinging back the other way, because it peaked too soon. There's nothing here that'll make it pay. Like there's no moonlight 
where it'll make it pay for having peaked too soon. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing here where it's like, oh, you know, there are people, you know, it got so much buzz and so much love. And then it made people ask, like, was it really that good? Yeah. yeah. And actually, you know what was actually really underrated? You know, what was actually the best movie this year. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there's nothing here that'll make it pay for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's safe, but I also don't. I'm not as confident as the odds would suggest, so I kind of just want to leave it alone, to yeah, be honest. Just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think, think it's everything gonna... everywhere all at once. I agree. Win. I, I think agree. it's going to have a really, really good night. Um, so here's to recap. Here are our favorites so far that, that we're going to – you and I will have to probably talk a little bit about after we record. We're going to check in on lead actress after the SAG Awards to see what's going on with – um with uh Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh. Uh we really like Colin Farrell for lead actor at plus 550. Dodd suggests he's a he's a pretty heavy underdog, but we don't think he's we think he is just as likely to win as um as Brendan Fraser and especially mm-hmm. Austin Butler. Uh mm-hmm. we like Spielberg for director because the Daniels should while I while they are probably like the favorites, they sh- they are more like slight favorites as opposed to like heavy heavy favorites, like the odds suggest. Um, I think Spielberg, while you know he might be in second place, it's not a distant second. It's not like the Daniels are lapping the field here. Right. Um, and then for supporting actress, I mean, I guess we'll have to. We're man, this is tough. But I, I agree that I mean I just it's tough because I just said that um, everything everywhere was too expensive at minus two eighty. But then here I am being like Angela Bassett minus three thirty is uh, mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. good. But I guess it's like you and I can talk about whether or not we sprinkle something on Jamie Lee Curtis in case she pulls off an upset at the SAG Awards, right? Yeah, but I don't know. If you if you think. She actually has no chance at the SAG Awards. Let's 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 leave it alone. No, I don't think she has not no chance. Like, how do I say that? I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think I she think she has a chance. chance. Yeah, she, she has, has a chance. chance. All right. Let's. So I guess those are the the three then: Jamie Lee Curtis, Spielberg, and Farrell. And then you're just hoping at least one of those, at least one of those hits. You know. Yes. yes. Um. Okay. So I hope you guys had as much fun listening to us as we had. Uh talking about it i think you know we're really hitting our groove i think you know you you hit it with parasite you know when that hit you hit it with coda uh last year that was last year i had a pretty good year i had a pretty good couple of years yeah yeah um but nothing has confused me this much i mean i don't and i don't know what it is like the, but this is this course exciting. around i hate when someone's just like a favorite this, like unless i like really really like that like move your performance or like have a heart for it but this is this is what makes this exciting and the thing is like we're not going to talk about this or remember this like in a year's time right i barely remember it depends you know what i mean if we hit big jen i'm gonna remember remember. i still talk about the time that i put money down on parasite and one so yeah yeah so we'll we'll uh we'll revisit this and we'll, we'll talk offline and so that's that um are you ready to move on to obsessions? Yeah, like two hours later. Yes, we can move on. <laughs> okay. Um, why don't you go first? Okay. Time? Yes. 
What's I'm your obsession obsessed games? with um, zombies, and by that <laughs> I mean two things that I like watched, um, and like I kind of had to like one night, like I was literally like, I think you need to watch something else because like this is getting too dark. So um, obviously, like the rest of America, I have been really into The Last of Us, and like every time I think like, oh, this is my favorite episode so far, like then the next one tops, and the next one tops it. So um, I found last week's episode which they moved up to friday to not compete with the, the super bowl yeah. really really moving and then i watched this week's episode they upped the stakes a lot more and i was like i'm into this so i again not about zombies really like it's about just the like yes like at the end of the day there's zombies running around but it's the zombie movies and that's what i like about the whole idea of zombies like it's what the rest of humanity or what, what the rest of like right. the living do um because you're all you know you are into zombie i mean the i am, zombie I am. genre because like yeah. you keep recommending zombie things to me i know and I, I never really put two and two together no i'm oh, super into zombies <laughs> i don't know why because like i know me and if the zombie apocalypse were to hit i'd be one of the first ones out and steve i might kill you by accident sorry um but I also started watching this drama, this Korean drama called Kingdom. It came out, like, right before the pandemic. No, it came out during the pandemic, maybe, in 2020. There's two seasons, but it's it's a historical Korean drama, and I don't like historical things. Like, I don't know. I'm just not very not into – I'm very not cultured in that way. But it's about zombies taking over um, – taking over this like dynasty as there's like infighting happening with the king and his son and like the his queen and all of this stuff and like uh-huh. it's fascinating and <laughs> it is the most disgusting like I didn't really watch The Walking Dead and I'm sure The Walking Dead was disgusting I know it was disgusting The Last of Us 2 they're like they're disgusting but the ratio of like um like zombies eating human scenes to like not that is pretty like low like it's it's really more about these two central characters in the last of it's really more about these two central characters who are just trying to like you know yes so like you know i know we've talked about your fear of like scary things and like i don't yes there's intense moments but like you you know when they're gonna happen so you can like kind of like moderate your like you can figure out what to do uh to prepare for that kind of stuff um kingdom is absolutely gory like there's stuff that i like saw like it's that not remind- a zombie it is oh it is it's about oh. the zombie it's about it's zombies. about zombies in history wow okay. yes yes that's what makes it so entertaining um because it's just two it's a blending of two genres that are like completely like we because zombies are like usually like set in modern era right it's like abraham like, lincoln vampire slayer total <laughs> yeah yes yes actually yes um pride and prejudice and zombies yeah um I honestly, Steve, I recommend it. I recommend Kingdom, um, but it is disgusting. It is gross. Like, there's parts where I was like, huh, I haven't seen something grotesque like that since, like, I don't know. I think The Boys on Amazon Prime is pretty gross. I'm also into The Boys. Um, oh, really? I, but, I like, started it. Did you not like it? Uh, it's not that I didn't like it. I just, like... I didn't like it as much as other stuff I was watching. You so, know what? To so, be honest, you know I saying? yeah, I really love season one. And I have not watched it since. And it's on my list to like go back to because I know there's been like four seasons. But you're totally right. But it was like the first time where I was like, like, I think there's like 
like a scene 10 minutes into it where I'm like, holy shit, like that just happened. It was like so yeah, gross. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um, and like Kingdom's a little bit like that where I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could bite the tongue off of somebody like that. Like, I, like it's just like stuff like that. Like I'm just like, Ugh. but like, it's just that it's the idea. It's like these power struggles. It's about these people just trying to survive. Like it's about a would-be king or like a prince who is just trying to do the right thing, but like can't do the right thing when like an infection is spreading across the country. And like, what makes it, I think more interesting is that like, you don't have the technology and like, you don't, it's because it's not set in modern, like the way that they fight these like things, like it's just, you know, it's just different. Like, so I highly recommend kingdom, but again, I've been cup, like I've been watching that with the last of us. And like, sometimes I'm just like, you need, therapy because I'm like this is so dark in all senses so I don't know see how you're gonna do with it but I think you should watch The Last of Us like um I, I just figure it out just figure it out no I you know I I, I you want re- me to time stamp things for you like I'll do it that yeah that might not be a bad idea okay but then I have to go rewatch things but okay fine okay um no that that's good the, I, I actually tell me more about kingdom <laughs> like okay. just keep watching that and tell me more about that because that okay. where do you watch that netflix it's a netflix, netflix? Original. okay okay got it um okay my obsession is actually uh it's the new heights podcast and i was like what's that yeah i was like, have you heard so it's uh you know like you alluded to uh super bowl was uh last Your weekend super bowl. Mm-hmm. yeah uh the the chiefs won and i was rooting for the chiefs um I actually have this like this jersey that I have never washed and so uh it's my wife uh our two friends uh Russell and G and I will watch like big Chiefs games together. We don't watch every Chiefs game together, but we'll watch like the big ones together sometimes if we can. Mm-hmm. And it's like we kind of we've been doing this for a few years and we kind of have like nailed it down to a science where at the very least uh russell wears red Mm -hmm. my wife and russell's wife uh wear chief's stuff and i have mine on reserve so i Mm -hmm. bring it down if we're at our place i bring it downstairs or if we're at their place I, i bring it over and i won't wear it until ideally i don't need to whip it out because yeah. we're winning but if they're down and it, it can't be too early you can't do it too early because it doesn't last a long time the magic but if at like halftime or later if they're down by 10 or more then i put it on okay uh-huh and that's what happened at the super bowl right anyway <laughs> i i mentioned because the new heights podcast is hosted by the kelsey brothers travis yep. tight end for the chiefs and jason the so so the amazing Eagles. the story yeah I need to send you some of – I'll start sending you some of the, the Instagram uh, clips that I have that I have saved. Yeah, They're please. so charming. They're so funny. They're so supportive of who's each other. Who's older or who's Jason played longer? Old. Jason, uh, the, the, the center. Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles center. Uh, I think he's retiring. I think it was his last game. I think he's – Oh, I wish they had one then, even though I wasn't ready for the Eagles either. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm glad they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, and the – the thing that I'm obsessed most is like 
when they talk about their mom, they both get so emotional. Mm, she and was so cute. Like, yeah, she was so great for the whole the whole. I actually thing. half wanted her to like um, rip off. Like you know how she was wearing that jacket. That yeah, was the half, half. And half. I just want her to rip off the other half, like whoever won like just like rip off the losers half but like obviously moms don't do that because moms don't have favorites yeah no so i um i really enjoy like that that podcast um i think it's it's a i don't listen to but it's a great like the, the video format is really great when they post on social media um yeah i think i think it's it's really good that it's some it's like i don't normally follow podcasts on social media but that one i really do enjoy Okay. Uh, hearing the snippets. So. And they um, mostly talk about football, if yeah, not essentially. the whole time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. So if you don't know football, it doesn't matter. But it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's because they're so entertaining. Like okay. what they talk about it, you know. Um. Tangent, but I guess this is for next time because I didn't make this my obsession, though I was tempted to. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Ant Man? No. You know what? There's um. There are three movies that came out recently that I want to watch that I haven't because oh, I was we'll traveling save, and like whatever. I'll save my thought. I'll save my thoughts for for next. Time. But Ant Man's one of them. I really want to go watch Magic Mike <laughs> and um, obviously Creed. So yeah, I need to go figure it out that out. Oh, we are probably gonna watch watch Creed. Okay, tell me when. Yeah, Russell and I are probably gonna watch watch Creed on. I thought a- you were gonna say your wife and you, but okay. No, my wife was gonna come, but uh, that weekend, because we, Russell and I want to watch it the weekend it comes out, and she's unable to. Mm. Um, she's going to a bachelor party, so mm. I will let you know when yeah. when we plan on watching it. So if you want to watch it with us, cool. Um, we can get tickets. Okay, so uh, I guess we will uh we'll come back after you watch some of those movies, and then are we done here? We are for now. Wow, okay. You know, we are for now, and we'll see. We'll either check in either right before the Oscars or right after the Oscars, and we'll see how we do. But for now, uh, just to recap really quick, I know we normally don't do this, but I just I feel compelled to. Um, the two we feel really good about are Spielberg at plus 600 and Colin Farrell at plus 550. Jamie Lee Curtis, I would say, you know, only if you're a risk taker. And then you and I can kind of discuss how much of a risk taker we are uh, afterwards. So uh, with that, remember to rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jen, you want to say bye to everyone? Bye, everybody.